Good evening. Uh, as always, I want to just take a minute to thank you for watching. And uh, as always on Monday nights, I'm trying to play a little basketball and not embarrass myself, but uh, it uh, doesn't really work very well. It's pretty, pretty embarrassing when an old fat guy tries to play basketball. Sorry, trying to put my hearing aid in so I can hear something. That's embarrassing too. But, uh, uh, but I do appreciate you watching each night. And tonight I believe that this lesson tonight is probably one of the three saddest stories in all the Bible. And if you remember last night, last week, we started the story about this priest, a religious leader, whose wife ran home to her father's house. And he went and he dined with him and fellowshiped with him and enjoyed his hospitality. But then he left, but he left too close to evening and couldn't make it all the way home. And so he stops in a city that he thought was a good Jewish city, a city that should have respected him, loved him and his traveling companions. He goes into the city and no one welcomes him into their home. But yet an old man brings him in, washes his feet, gives him a place to stay for the evening. But then something happens. Something as wicked as Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm not going to read it all to you tonight just because for the sake of time. But starting in chapter 19, verse 22, it says, As they were enjoying themselves, suddenly certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door and spoke to the master of the house. The old man saying, Bring out the man who came to your house that we may know him carnally. I want to stop right there because I want you to remind you that just because the Bible talks about something doesn't mean it's okay. The Bible tells us the good and the bad and the ugly of humankind so that we can see how desperately wicked we are and how much we need God. And so I'm just going to give you an overview of what happens. The old man tells this mob, don't take this man. Don't do these carnal sexual things to him. And this is where I want to show you how wicked the nation of Israel had gotten. <clears throat> Verse 24, I have daughters, so this makes me very emotional. I'm sorry. Look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now, humble them, and do with them as you please. But to this man, do not do such a vile thing. You see, this old man 
was not willing to fight for what was right. This priest was not willing to fight for what was right. You see, they could have barricaded the door. They could have tried to barricade the windows. And could these men have gotten in the house? Possibly. Could God have miraculously protected them? Possibly. But what this man said was, we are so wicked and perverse that we will give you these two young ladies to do what you want with them. I can't even put that into perspective in my mind, except for many of yous, remember the United States ambassador and the three military soldiers that were left in Benghazi by the Obama administration. Now you say, Jake, you shouldn't say his name. It's true. And that mob drug them individuals out. I can't remember if it was more. I believe it was four. And tortured them. Carnally knew them. And killed them. And I want you to think about that. You see, a president left them there around the world. But this man shoved his daughter and this other young woman out the front door. You say, Jake, I can't believe you're talking about that. I am showing you how wicked we can be when we compromise. When we feel this is right, but this isn't. And so what happened is, They took these young ladies, excuse me, they took this young lady, the concubine, and abused her all evening, the Bible says. And when the sun came up, they left her in the door. You see, her master, her husband, wasn't trying to get outside and fight for her. Her husband wasn't even waiting at the door for her. He just let them throw her out there to that mob. I want you to look up here. Husbands, you should be willing to die for your wives. As a father, I am willing to die for my children. It's not a question about it. But friends, I want you to know this tonight that when wickedness begins to permeate a culture, men lose that responsibility that the Bible says that we are to protect, provide, defend. It's our God-given responsibility. And listen to what happens in verse 27. When her master arose in the morning, he just went to bed. He didn't sit up and wait for her. He didn't sit up and pray for her. He didn't sit up or anything. He just went to bed. <laughs> when the master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, there was his concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. She died 
trying to get back in the house. You say, Jake, this is a depressing story. No, this is a reminder of what will happen when godlessness runs amok. You are seeing it in our big cities with mobs, assaulting police officers, burning down buildings, murdering people in the streets. It's lawlessness. And friends, tonight, you're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to have to make a decision that I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for what's right, no matter the cost. I pray that it never comes to this. I, I pray that there's never a time in my life or in my children's life when a mob of people would come and drag them in, out in the street and do what they did to those four Americans in Benghazi. But I want you to hear this tonight. Radical Islam is coming to America. And as God's people, we should be praying. We should be sharing the gospel. We should know that the persecution of our faith is coming. But we will not compromise. I'm going to do what is right, no matter what. And friends, that's the decision you have to make tonight. Oh, you can go to bed and sleep at night knowing the world around you is burning. You can drive by a church every time the doors are open and think, oh, I should be there. But the Bible tells us in the Old Testament, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and call upon my name, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. You see, I know that statement was made to Israel, but I believe God can send revival to McLeansboro. I believe God can send revival to North City. I believe God can send revival to Opdyke. I believe God can send revival to East St. Louis. I believe God can send revival to Chicago. But it's going to take God's people being willing to do what God has called us to do, no matter the cost. You see, in this story, we see the worst possible example of how it gets ugly and a priest, the preacher of the Old Testament, said, I'm not going to do what's right. I'm going to go to sleep and sleep like a baby while my wife is out there in the street. <clears throat> Friends, I pray that doesn't happen. I pray that the Lord takes us home long before then. But remember... The hope that we have is in Jesus and in His love and in His protection. But don't forget, and I know I'm about a minute or two over, if that husband had left when he was supposed to, if that wife had stayed where she was supposed to, these two individuals would have never found themselves in this ugly situation. But even though they found themselves in an ugly situation, that husband still should have done what's right.
And so tonight, no matter what pressure you're under, no matter what temptation you face, stay faithful. Trust God. And even if someone takes your life, the Bible gives me the promise that absent from the body is present with the Lord. And so I know tonight was difficult, challenging, and probably not like anything you've ever heard. (laughs) But that's the Bible, the truth of God's Word. And so I pray that the Lord will bless you, be with you, and if the Lord is willing and the rapture doesn't happen, I look forward to being with you tomorrow night.